what do you want to put out into the world? Why do you want to put that out into the world? And what's your, your goals? What do you plan to do? I mean, as you are, let's say, growing a personal brand as a UGC creator or an influencer, and you're just starting out, who are you trying to target? Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I know that you're going to love this week's interview because we're getting super nitty gritty and granular and actionable around how exactly to stand out online, grow a brand or a personal brand, and really leverage social media in 2023. As you know, I can credit so much of my success to mastering social media, building a really prolific brand, and getting honestly really nerdy about branding, social media, content, positioning, marketing, all of those things are a part of this episode and so, so key to your future success too. So I know this is going to be super valuable for you. 2023 is the year of omnipresence. It's the year of video content. It's the year of authenticity. It's the year of growing a profitable brand or personal brand. And we're bringing the juicy gossip. And when I say we, I mean myself and this week's guest, Jade Anderson, who is the founder and CEO of JYA Media LLC, a digital marketing agency based in the Bay Area with global reach. She's worked with over 100 entrepreneurs and brands in all sorts of industries, and she's a visionary. She's an experienced marketing professional. She really brings a trained creative eye and marketing background to the world of social media and beyond. It's honestly super refreshing to have someone who is is positioning themselves as a social media guru, a branding guru who really knows their shit. She has clients ranging from multi-six to seven-figure service-based entrepreneurs as well as product-based brands. So she is really a go-to gal for all of the proven strategies and tactics and roadmaps to standing out, getting seen, and growing a business online. We're about to dive into the interview, but before we do, I wanted to make sure you heard the news especially since if you're listening to this episode, I know that you are on a mission to make bank and make a difference with your online business in 2023. So I had to make sure that you heard that Online Coach Kickstart, my signature group mentorship for beginner and aspiring online coaches is open for enrollment and the limited time bonuses are so freaking juicy. If you're not familiar with Online Coach Kickstart, this is your proven blueprint to success as an online coach. I walk you through the proven step-by-step process for setting up, building, launching, and filling your dream coaching business that supports your your dream life, and of course, makes you bank while making a difference. For a limited time, new students also get my best-selling Instagram strategy and content creation course, Content Boss, as a totally free enrollment bonus. This course normally sells for $997, so safe to say you cannot miss out on this opportunity. Between Content Boss and the other bonuses, there's over $3,000 of bonuses up for grab. So to lock in your limited time bonuses right now, you can head to onlinecoachkickstart.com to get all of the details and submit an application. I'll see you inside. 
Hello, Jade. Welcome to the show. Hi, Marie. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so excited to talk about all things social. Yeah, so pumped. I know this episode is a super requested topic, and I'm I really love your approach to social and strategy and content and branding because you make everything feel very tangible. Like that's something I always notice about your content is very actionable, very tangible, and that's very refreshing in a space where I think sometimes people purposely make things sound really complicated and like ambiguous and mysterious on purpose as like a tactic of like oh my god they must have this secret that I don't know right and so I'm excited to pick your brain and kind of just hear your explanation on some hot topics because you are really clear and actionable and we love a good actionable takeaway here (laughs) I appreciate that yeah let's let's hop into it Okay, perfect. So for anyone who is new to you and isn't familiar with your journey or your story of how you came to be and have grown your business to where it is, can you give us kind of like a recap of where you started, why you got into social media, and then just growing your agency, how that unfolded? Yeah, so I've actually been very entrepreneurial ever since I was a kid. I practically grew up in my parents' jewelry store, learning how to speak with customers. And that really allowed me to find this passion for business and entrepreneurship. And then as a teenager, I actually ended up having my own eBay business at 10 years old as like a side hobby. You're kidding. Yes, I was 10. That's amazing. I really hopped on the train when eBay was really, really big because now they do all the fees and extra stuff. But It was super fun to be my own boss, make my own income and be financially independent. And so post-college after working, you know, in various marketing roles and jobs all through just in-house brands, I realized that I was tired of focusing on one specific brand all Mm. the time. And so I really wanted the opportunity to continue learning in different industries at the Mm. same time time. So I started JY Media at the height of COVID in May of 2020. And originally it was to be a marketing agency offering a variety of different services. And I did that because not only did I want to be my own boss, but I really wanted to have a flexible schedule and Mm -hmm. also have the opportunity to be financially independent as well. Yeah. So I, I started with a very basic, you know, website, logo, all the things. And soon after, you know, a couple of weeks went by when I first started on Instagram, I started getting new clients immediately, specifically for social media. And so I realized this is a really great place to expand my business and offer more social media related services. Yeah. So social media has really been the, you know, signature service that GY Media offers. And as we flash forward to today, I have had the pleasure of working with over 100 different entrepreneurs and 15 different brands and industries, multi-figure six and seven brands and businesses, which has really given me so much happiness being able to lead a positive impact in brands yeah. and businesses, you know, life cycles, being able to allow them to grow their brand presence and brand awareness through digital platforms specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I did not realize that you started when you were 10. I was like, previously, I felt pretty like 
on my game having sold my first thing on the internet at like 16 17 but like you have me beat so <laughs> kudos to you <laughs> not, not that it's much. a competition but like I'm just amazed that at 10 years old you were selling stuff on the internet and yeah so cool that you got your start being able to watch your parents be entrepreneurial and just you kind of like have that in your DNA yeah thank you amazing do you it help your parents with their marketing journey. too so I did. So they actually don't have the business anymore. But when I was a kid, they actually used to put my sister and I on the radio for local ads. So we became no quite popular in our small oh town God. because everyone knew, oh, you know, that's that's the family yeah. business. So at school, it was a funny thing. That is amazing. Okay. I love that. So I want to pick your brain about kind of a hot button topic around social media platforms, obviously, as you and I both know being on the inter- in internet for so long that platforms come and go, rise and fall. There's always yep. this like conversation around, oh, is this platform dead? Is this platform dead? Is this platform the next big platform? Like there's always this constant chatter and discussion. And in the last couple of years, you know, there's been a lot of discourse about Instagram is dead. Instagram is dying. TikTok is a new platform or Be Real is a new platform or blah, blah, like LinkedIn is the platform to sell and our podcast or like whatever. There's always an argument for this platform is the best platform and this platform's dead. And you right. really have a lot of focus around Instagram as do I and as like most of my clients kind of use Instagram as our primary like social marketing hub. So yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on why Instagram has stood the test of time and like why it's still a super powerful platform. Maybe you think it's even the most powerful for growing like your brand, your business, your influence in 2023. Right. So I think, you know, it is such an interesting topic and it can get controversial depending on who you ask. But from my experience and through my clients' experiences, Instagram tends to be that main primary platform that keeps staying alive, mainly because it offers mixed media opportunities. Mm -hmm. So you can put photos, you can put videos, stories, you know, there's all different features like guides and lives. But at the end of the day, the perfect platform is really up to the brand's target audience. I always bring it back to that because every brand has a different audience. So if you are, let's say a startup and you're trying to raise funds, you're not necessarily going to be finding investors on Instagram. You're more likely going to want to be on LinkedIn or Twitter to find professionals that are going to actually convert for you. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's important to think about who your target audience is and then branch out to all the different platforms. I do think for Instagram specifically, it is one of the best ones to be on for just evergreen content. And Mm -hmm. TikTok is powerful in its own right. Obviously there are lots more brands, creators, influencers hopping on to that platform because it is hot and popular. But I also find, and you might be able to relate to this as well, a lot of clients are still reluctant to be producing video content. They might not Mm -hmm. be comfortable recording themselves and even just showcasing behind the scenes for their business. And so with that being Mm -hmm. said, TikTok isn't always an outlet for businesses to go to if they, you know, don't feel comfortable going that route. But I do think both TikTok and Instagram 
are out of all the platforms, the top two to be on Mm -hmm. right now. Now Mm -hmm. that can change, like I said, depending on what your brand's audience is. But, you know, Instagram has so many opportunities, not only just through meta, being able to schedule on the back end for free in comparison Mm -hmm. to other platforms as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not even talking about like once you get to a place where you can run ads and like get do Mm -hmm. do paid marketing because Instagram has so many options and it's such like a direct measurable ROI on impressions and growth and click-throughs and things like that but I could not agree more that you have to kind of reverse engineer like where your people are and I also want to like just reiterate what you said about video content because I mean, it's true on Instagram too, but especially on TikTok, there's kind of a requirement to have a personal brand, even if it's a big company, Mm -hmm. right? Like looking even at the Duolingo bird, like that's not a person, but there is a character that represents like the whole company and TikTok kind of requires that for you to gain traction. And Instagram is pretty similar. There are brands that are successful without it, but like video and having a personal brand, even if you have an e-commerce business or something that's like more consumer based or product based, like the personal brand is really what's getting people a lot of traction right now. And in my opinion, or in my experience, especially if you have like a service-based business, you know, I work with a ton Mm -hmm. of online coaches and online service providers. So it's like people want to connect with who they're going to be working with you know they right don't they're not going to connect with your logo they're not going to connect with your stock photos they're going <laughs> to connect with like you as a human exactly. being and, amazing. and more and more clients come to me for that personal side of things as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think there's definitely this big shift happening where people are understanding the value of the personal brand bringing connection into their content bringing like a level of humanity and like being more candid and in the moment and I love that for us. After being going through the era of like everything being so polished and perfect, I like this new direction. Me as well. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear your kind of definition on what branding is because that's a huge part of what you do. And both of us as business owners, you're an agency owner, I'm a mentor and a coach. Like we both have seen a huge ROI and impact on having really dialed in branding. But I do think that branding feels kind of ambiguous and like unclear to people who are newer on the scene. So can you give us a breakdown of like, what is it to have branding? What does that mean? Like who needs it? How can we begin to understand the concept that is branding? Yeah. So to me, I'm going to break it down in just a very simple, easy way that's clear Branding is just creating a specific identity for your business um, Mm -hmm. while you have your your target audience or consumers in mind. And it can be intangible as well. So it can be ranging from just like the visual elements, like your logo, your color palette, your font suite, all the way down to your brand tone and voice. How do you characterize how you're going to speak to your target audience and you want to have a recognizable brand and you can do that through having a specific mission, for example, you know, and like I said, having a logo and all the things that people can see visually and non-visually 
that make up your strategy, you know, just for being known with brand awareness and your brand presence, essentially. And I think at the end of the day, every brand needs to have some sort of branding. That doesn't mean you need to have a logo, essentially. And we can dive into the essentials later, but you need to be able to be distinct. So as simple Mm -hmm. as someone coming onto your social media page, if they weren't able to see your Instagram handle, would they know who you are? And you Mm. want to be able to be recognizable in a sea of others that are either producing the same products or services as you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's like probably one of the best ways to think about it is like it's that special something that makes you stand Mm -hmm. out from other people. And it can include, like you said, the logo or the like font suite or the colors like that's part of it. That's the visual aspect. But I think where people get tripped up and like overthink it is like so much of branding is the intangible of like the vibe, the tone, the personality that goes along with it. And like the aesthetic aspects kind of back it up, but it Mm -hmm. comes from that, like knowing and the personality behind the business, the personal brand, whatever it is. And so I think a lot of people who are earlier on in their business or let's say even a personal brand like if you want to be an influencer or if you even want to be like a UGC creator user generated content creator or whatever you need to still have a personal brand like you still need branding you are the brand it's not like there's a separate company but like you still need to have branding so anyone who wants to grow influence or an audience or a company or a business needs branding. But where do you start? Because so much of it is based on your your own personality, your own values, your own identity. And I think it kind of like requires a level of soul searching and like self-awareness. Yes. So where do you start walking people through that process? Like what are some questions we can be asking? Where do we start digging into to define these things that are like kind of big questions and like get really get really deep sometimes. Yeah, no, they definitely get really deep. I mean, branding is a huge umbrella and there's so many different facets of branding. Like we said, it's tangible and intangible at the same time. And so some of the questions to really think about when you're building a personal brand is who are you? It sounds like a big question, but you know, what do you want to put out into the world? Why do you want to put that out into the world? And what's your, your goals? What do you plan to do? I mean, as you are, let's say, growing a personal brand as a UGC creator or an influencer, and you're just starting out, who are you trying to target at the end of the day? And what is going to connect with those specific groups of people when it comes to your branding is really important to think about and and take yourself and reverse engineer in a way out of your brand and what you want to create and think about what would attract you to follow yourself and, and think about it in that way. Yeah. That is honestly one of the best ways I think to like uncomplicate it is like, what do you want to see? Because oftentimes mm-hmm. you or like you a few years ago, like past you is your ideal client, follower, customer, whatever. And like people are overcomplicating it so much instead of just thinking like, what do I actually want to consume? Or they're creating all this content that they think they should be making, but it's something that they would never interact with. So I think that's like the right. one of the most underrated, just like 
check-ins of like, would I engage with myself? And they're like, is this content that I would want to see? Or is this a brand that would resonate with me? And if it's not like there, that, that's something to look into. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So we really start with like knowing ourselves, knowing our values, knowing our vision and like what resonates with us. What do you think makes a brand, whether it's a personal brand or a business, really stand out and get traction, especially in industries that feel crowded? Like what are those things that give brands the X factor, like give them the competitive edge, especially as, I mean, this has been the conversation forever, but like, especially as it's more saturated and more noisy and it will only continue to be like, I still think we're in the early, early stages of growth here, but like what gets you noticed? I think two of the biggest things that gets you noticed is one, being authentic. So showing Mm -hmm. up, whether you're a personal brand or a business as yourself and making sure to emphasize what your unique value proposition is, also known Mm -hmm. as like your UVP. So what is that one edge, whether that is your process with the service that you're providing or the materials of your products, for example. And two, it would be consistency. I think there are a lot of brands that struggle with having the right branding and the right messaging on multiple touch points of the con- mm. the consumer buyer journey. So making sure that on all social media platforms, your content resonates with the right audience and is saying the same message multiple times rather than having different messages all over the place. You really have to be clear and consistent when it comes to your branding, especially on social media, to get people to want to follow you and see mm-hmm. more of that same style of content as well. Yeah. Okay. I want you to say more about saying the same things because I think so often people are like, oh, I've already said that or that's already been said. And like, I don't want to say it again. How do I always come up with new things? But I've seen how repetition is like absolutely crucial for building brand awareness, building loyalty, like selling and getting conversions. Can you speak to the power of repetition and like kind of dispel that once and for all, like, oh, I've already said it, so I don't need to say it again. Yeah. One of the interesting things, if you're not in marketing, you might not really think about this, but as a consumer, sometimes it takes you five to 10 times of hearing the same message to get Mm -hmm. you to actually make that investment or make that purchase. If you're, for example, just, you know, shopping online, you see something on your Instagram feed, you, you might save that, but you might not hit purchase right right then and there. Mm. It might take a few ads to keep seeing that and say, oh, you know, actually I forgot about this. I want that. And then I'm going to go purchase it. And in the day and age of social media and just things in general, you know, I like to pitch things as investments Mm -hmm. so that people understand that they're getting value out of what you are selling to them. And a lot of times with, you know, higher investments specifically, you really need to hit the nail, you know, when it comes to your branding and, convert people by using the same messages over and over. And you can say them in different ways, but Mm -hmm. also still connect, you know, with your audience. And so a lot of times when people actually become super successful and sell, you know, a lot of, let's say services or products at the end of the day, it's probably because they've done so much repetition and they Mm -hmm. made it really clear to their audience what they are getting. And that's what's really important is making sure that the audience knows this is what you're getting. And on social media, 
let's say you do a post today on a promotion that you're doing and someone comes across your page in a month. Well, they don't know about that promotion from a month mm-hmm. ago. So you need to make yeah, sure ideally that you're new reaching people new people come all on. the time. Exactly. Yeah. And you need to be consistent. Yeah. Okay. That is so, so important. I just think so many people have a block around like, it's already been said, or I've already said, or I sound like a broken record. And it's also something else I tell my clients all the time is like, remember that only a fraction of your following even sees your content, right? So even if you pitch something 10 times, one person probably only saw it like a couple times out of the 10 times or five times, maybe eight to 10 if they're like your super fan ride or die but like most people are not Mm -hmm. seeing everything you put out and so it might feel super repetitive and like a broken record to you and like that's probably the right frequency for your audience and on the consumer side like I cannot be the only one who has seen the same ad like seven times before I make a purchase decision like I have seen the same cup, like C-U-U-P, like that bra company, underwear company. I cannot be the only person who has looked at those ads, clicked in, scrolled through their website, X'd out, seen the ads three more times, gone. And I still haven't bought anything, but I, like, it's inevitable. I'm going to buy something eventually. Right. But, like, it's going to take maybe one or two more ads. They're going to have to earn it a little bit. But, like, I cannot be the only person <laughs> who you see an ad and you're like, hmm, I'll, if I see that a few more times, I'll buy it. Like, you know what I mean? Where it, you just yeah. have that repetition and you need that, like, repeated exposure. And the same thing, like, that also applies for organic marketing content, short form, long form, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. Like, we usually have to hear about something many times, several times before we do anything about it. Yeah. Okay. I love that. And I'm glad we, I'm glad we hit on that. And then in terms of a UVP, can you just expand a little bit on what that is and how we dial in what our UVP is for anyone who's not super familiar with that concept or isn't really clear on like what makes them different. I'm, I'm especially thinking like early stage entrepreneurs who are like, oh, I'd be just another online fitness coach or I'd be just another social media manager. Like there's already so many out there. What could I possibly do that's different from what's already been done? Right. So a unique value proposition is essentially just a message, a part of your branding that showcases just what makes you different, what makes you stand out. And like I said, some examples could be, you know, as simple as having a luxury white glove coaching program versus maybe more affordable coaching program for women in their 40s. So you can be as specific as you want when it comes to your mission, but by being specific and focusing on what makes you different, it allows you to stand out a lot more. And this also Mm -hmm. connects to just being authentic. At the end of the day, when you are first starting out as a creator or an influencer, you have to think about yourself as a human. There are, you know, millions of humans here on on earth and everybody has something different to offer. You could even connect it to just applying for college, SAT scores, ACT scores to someone that is reviewing your application, you might look the same as somebody else on the paper, but your essay is what's going to set you apart. What you write Mm -hmm. about is going to be different. Even if you write Mm -hmm. about your parents and how you grew up in a business, for example, that business is going to be different than someone else's. And so 
really thinking about you as a person and you as a brand, what makes your brand unique and different will allow you to think about what you can show and contribute to the world and and make a positive impact on. Yeah, so true. Like you don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel of like what you're doing or like what you're offering, but it's more so like the context of who you are, your experience, your expertise, your personal story, even like your personality. Mm -hmm. 1000%. Okay, hold on. I needed to interrupt this episode quickly because I've realized that it doesn't matter how hard you work or even how quote unquote productive you are, how many hours you put in, if you are going hard in the wrong direction, which is why it is so important to be clear and confident about your goals. And that's the exact reason why I've incorporated goal setting into all of my coaching programs. Because if my clients are not clear on their goals, if they don't know where we're going and why we're going there, it doesn't matter what strategies we pull out. It doesn't matter how much planning we do. We have to get clear on what the destination is first. And so I swear by this goal setting visualization, and it is something that previously was only available to my clients. It's a visualization that I lead and I walk you through, and now I've made it available for free for everyone. I swear by it. Even if you're not a visualization girly, I have just converted so many people into loving a good visualization with this exact exercise. So I'm going to leave a link to it in the episode description, or you can head immediately to mariewold.goals. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D.com slash goals. Again, it is totally free. It will take you 25 minutes and I've hooked you up with a bonus workbook just to help you reflect and process and really start implementing on all the breakthroughs that you have. So enjoy. Let me know how it goes because I know it's going to be a game changer for you. And let's get back to the episode. Okay, amazing. I hope that feels so much clearer on how everyone can kind of develop their competitive edge, gain traction, really like stand out whatever space they're in. And so I want to get a little bit more specific on the branding side and like from a deliverables perspective, if someone is developing their branding, they're figuring out their UVP, they're figuring out where they fit in the market, what are the essential elements or deliverables that we haven't already covered that they need to have in place? Or maybe if we've already kind of talked about each of them here or there, like what's kind of the master list to tie it all together? Yeah. So the master list in my mind is to have a brand's name, whether if you're a personal brand, it can be your own name, as simple as that. Also making sure that you have a mission. So you know what your goals are as a brand, who you specifically want to serve. It's important to have buyer personas so you can target exactly your ideal client and the different groups and audiences from the demographics, the psychographics and geographics of your audience, along with having a brand aesthetic and a brand vibe. You know, you could have a color palette, a font suite as well. You know, brand tone and voice are really important. But at the end of the day, I think when we're talking about the essentials, a logo and a website aren't always necessary when you're first, first starting. I'm and so glad you said that. I preach this. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that. Yeah. Tell, tell us more. It. Yeah. So I always preach this to clients and students as well. 
because it can be daunting trying to come up mm-hmm. with a logo or a website in the very beginning. You might not have the time to do it because as a business owner, you are doing all the things, you're wearing all the hats at once. And so as long as you're able to stand out through just your general branding, even if mm-hmm. it's the intangible things, you don't need a logo to be recognized and to be noticed. You know, there are a lot of Instagram social media feeds as well that are just noticed because of the way that their layout is as simple as that. And it's not Mm -hmm. even like the profile photo or the company logo. And so I want people to know that starting out, you don't need to have everything. You don't need to have all the ducks in a row and Mm -hmm. things can change. Things can evolve. Brands will redesign their websites or redesign mm-hmm. their logos years down the line. And that's yeah. okay as long as you are being specific about who you're targeting and mm-hmm. being strategic about the way that you're doing that. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I think a lot of people fall into the trap of like, I'm not legit unless I have a logo and a website and like a business card. Like I will not be legit until I have those things that's when my business is like officially open. And I don't think Mm -hmm. I had like a central website that I truly directed traffic to until I had already banked like multiple six or seven figures. Like I had individual maybe sales pages and landing pages that I built, but like I didn't have a website that I was proud of. So I never sent people there. And I didn't really include like a logo consistently through my branding, my pages, my assets. Like you can go so far without those things. And there are other things like move the needle much more powerfully, much more tangibly, Mm -hmm. especially again, if your business is more like service-based or like more of a personal brand. And so I'm just, I'm so glad you said that because as someone that like offers website and design in your packages, you know, like it would be really easy for you to say, everyone needs this and you should pay me to do it for you. Like that'd be so easy for you to say. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm so glad you said that. Something that you mentioned was developing like your ideal client, your buyer personas and really getting clear on demographics, psychographics, those sorts of things. Can you just do a quick explainer for people who are new to buyer personas or those words like demographics, psychographics, just do like a quick explainer of what we should be talking about when you say those words. So buyer personas are essentially like your client avatars, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to think about who specifically, if you could draw up a person, your perfect ideal client, what would that person look like? What are their hobbies? What, how much are they making? What's their household income? So Demographics are as simple as age, gender, you know, sex, you know, also just profession in general. And then psychographics are more like lifestyle characteristics. So someone that might have more of a healthy side where they want to, you know, be motivated at the gym, they like to go outside. And then the geographic side of things are more so just your location, where are your clients located that you want to work with. And so when you are thinking about who you're targeting. If you're targeting someone that is a mom, let's say, you want to know who is this woman? How many kids does she have? It can get as specific as you want. And typically, the more specific you are, the better that you are able to create the messaging for that person, because you Mm -hmm. can really understand and do research for who that person is, 
what will attract them to make purchases, whether or not they can afford your services or not, et cetera. And so when it comes to just customer buyer personas, it's important at the beginning to establish who you want to work with. So that way you're not just putting out random content on social media, for example, trying to attract everybody. You're not going to attract everyone in the world. You want to be as specific as possible so you can get the right eyes and the right people that are actually going to convert to your you know, digital marketing platform. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so important. And can you speak to, sometimes I come across this limiting belief from people of like, well, I don't want to get so specific that I turn people off of like, oh, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too specific where I'm turning people away because I can help more than that person. I can help all different kinds of people or I can have all different kinds of customers. Why is it better to actually niche down and get more specific from both like an impact and a like growth and revenue perspective? Yeah, so you can actually serve your clients better when you are more focused on one specific audience. If you are trying to work with everyone and anyone, you're going to have different experiences with all of those people. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be able to provide the same level of service as well to each and every one of them. And so by niching down, and not that you have to, but when you do niche down, you just get more laser focused on Mm -hmm. one aspect of your business, let's say for a specific audience and you can do it better, you can charge higher rates. And therefore Mm -hmm. also when you're doing things better and more efficiently, you're providing more value to those Mm -hmm. people. And so in the beginning, I can understand the importance of thinking, oh, well, I need to either lower my rates to attract more people or simply just attract everyone. Mm -hmm. It's important to really think about where you want to go with your business, what those goals are and serve those that will most, you know, get the value out of what you're doing. Yeah. I found over time that like, I'm able to zoom out and get broader as I develop experience and breadth along with the depth Mm -hmm. of like proving that I can help people in several industries instead of just one. But like, Right. I started very narrow and expanded as I went and that's worked super well for me. And I think people assume that it should be the other way. And like one of the analogies I use is if you break your arm and you need surgery and let's say you really need your arm, let's say you're a professional musician or something, you are not going to go to just like the nearest hospital and have your GP who does jack of all trades, does everything, helps everyone with everything. You're not going to tell your GP to be like, oh, can you just like throw a screw in here and like send me on my way? You're going to do your research. You're going to get a second opinion. You're going to find the best specialist in your city or your region. Like you're going to find the person who is the best at fixing broken arms, not just like the nearest average doctor that does everything and like prescribes antibiotics and gives you flu medicine and whatever like does your annual physical and people are trying to be like the annual physical doctor when their ideal client is like the broken arm person and it like same thing with like a tattoo if I wanted a specific Mm -hmm. tattoo I would never go to my nearest tattoo shop and be like, mm, what do you, you do a little bit of everything, but I have this really specific vision in mind. So I'm just going to trust that you can do it. No, I'm going to like research tattoo artists 
all over the place and like find the person that nails the style that I want and like does the type of flower that I want. Like that's what I'm going to pay for. And I'm going to pay more for it. Like specialists, doctors make so much more money. Specialist tattoo artists make so much more money. And there's, that's why the phrase, I know it's such a cliche, but like the riches are the niches. I found that to be so true. Yes. And I love that you mentioned that when you first started, you got really niche and now you've opened up. And I think that I Mm -hmm. can relate to that as well through JY Media. Now that I have, you know, had years under my belt of social media management services, I'm now teaching students and new social media managers how to really understand how to have a successful social media business and grow their agency. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to extend that service. And it's really been rewarding for me. And I'm sure for you as well, as you've been able to grow and impact more people. Yeah. And I love the way that you did that, like walking the walk first of like, I did this thing. I did it very successfully before I'm going to start teaching other people how to do it. Cause I see that a lot in kind of the mentorship space, the coaching space of like, you have to walk the walk first. You have to like put in the reps and like get that really deep level of expertise and understanding. So I love that. Tell us more about your academy and like why would someone want to be a social media manager why would they want to start an agency like who is that perfect for who is that the career path for yeah so smma which is social media manager academy was created to be a step-by-step guide for those that are either starting their social media business right now and don't know where to go or they've already started their business, but they're finding a lot of bumps in the road, challenges attracting clients, having processes that are really clear and easy to use when they're growing. And so typically the perfect you know, student for me is someone that is looking to have flexibility in their schedule, be their own boss, attract you know their dream clients, and are willing to put the work in and the time. I've really poured my heart and soul into this academy. It is everything that I wish I had back then and and more. And I'm so excited to be able to share my knowledge, my experiences, things to look out for with client relationships. You know, Mm. they're getting all of my processes, my systems just for social media management, which has really been beneficial. And I've already had some great reviews and responses from students that are leaving their nine to five because they've been able to take the course. And that's really, really amazing to see that impact. Um, and anyone that wants to hop into the social media space has the opportunity to live and work wherever. You really just need a computer, a phone, and you know some software online that's super easy to get. And so it's yeah. it's really been truly, truly amazing and fun to pour my passion of social media into this academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just so speaks to the value of like learning from someone who's been where you want to go because I'm sure a lot of the stuff that you're teaching around like selecting and qualifying client, like vetting your clients, building processes, what systems to use, all of that stuff were probably lessons that you had to learn the hard way. <laughs> and now yeah. you're just giving them the blueprint. It's like same thing for my programs. I'm like, I really wish that this existed when I started, but I'm glad that you can just skip all of the hard lessons if you obviously invest in mentorship early, but that's like such a value. And that's why the phrase like collapse time exists. Like people are able to Mm -hmm. get years of expertise and experience just downloaded into their brain within a span of like weeks or months. And so, yeah, that just speaks to the value of studying under someone who is doing 
or who already is or has been where you want to go. And I think both of us have really like been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Yeah. And we, we've been around for a while too. And I think that's also kind of uncommon in the space. Like there are so many people that rise in popularity really quickly. And I think that's amazing, especially with viral content platforms like TikTok. Yay. Love that. But there's just something to be said about the people who have been here for like a decade, literally, oh, yes. and who have been doing this for a long time and like really stand the test of time. And that's also the difference between like those foundational strategies and those like kind of quick fix tactics, which are fun, but right. not necessarily the the long game. So there's, there's mm-hmm. just like so much there. Yeah. Amazing. So I want to wrap with a little bit more of a conversation around content to give people some specifics and give people just some some action items to really start implementing and playing with. So one, I just want to pick your brain on what you're seeing work specifically on Instagram right now and like any predictions that you have for 2023. Like what should we be doing? What should we not be doing? Kind of give us just like a quick strategy refresh. Yeah, so there are a lot of things that are working great on social media right now. And I would say with content specifically, there's a focus on storytelling and be able Mm -hmm. to storytell through your visuals, through your captions. Captions are still alive. You know, it's important to make sure you have calls to actions as well in your captions. I've seen so many brands and entrepreneurs not put calls to action. And that Mm could be as simple as a question or a comment to get their audience to engage and not only just storytelling content, but educational content as well. People that follow you, they want to learn more about what you do and why you do it, what value you have to offer. And something as a social media manager that I always get asked is, well, you're putting out so many tips and educational Mm -hmm. things about how to navigate social media. Why would someone want to work with you? Well, at the end of the day, educational content is getting the most engagement for me. But not every brand is going to actually put in the work to Mm -hmm. do all those tips and take them on themselves because they Mm -hmm. might not have the time. And Mm -hmm. so something that I always thought about from Jenna Kutcher, I love her. She's one of my idols in the marketing space is she said, who cares what information you're giving out, even if it's free, it's really all about putting out your knowledge and sharing that you're an expert because people Mm -hmm. that want to work with you will work with you, even if Mm -hmm. you're giving out free content and ideas for them. And I think that's Mm -hmm. definitely transpired in my own business. And I'm sure you might be able to relate to that Mm -hmm. as well, just on that side of of things. I mean, I've put out over 6,000 Instagram posts and that like doesn't even bring into consideration like hundreds of podcasts, hundred like between Mm -hmm. YouTube videos, podcasts, Instagram stories nearly every day, right? Like there's so much out there, not to mention Google is free. Google exists. There is unlimited information out there. And that still doesn't negate the value of having either guidance and mentorship or a done for you service, because you're right. Like you could, you could literally give the brand a blueprint of everything they need to do for their branding and their marketing. And that still wouldn't take away the value of hiring you Mm -hmm. to do that thing for them, right? Because they don't have either the bandwidth or the confidence or the expertise of like discernment and nuance because facts and information still aren't 
the full picture, there still is a level of, again, like nuance and context that has to be taken into account. And there's no like hard and fast rule ever, right? Like the most annoying answer for any question is, well, it depends, but it's true. Like there, you know what I mean? Like there's no one rule that applies to everyone the exact same way anyway. I, I totally agree. And, you know, something that we're also seeing just for Instagram, what's working is obviously video content. So I'd encourage those that are willing to show their face or show behind the scenes of their brand, if they're product-based, mm-hmm. to show their face on video. Reels are a great place to add trending audio. It's fast. They have the opportunity to go viral as well. It's an easier way to grow, but not only just video content for Instagram, carousels are still very much alive. So those carousels posts are coming back swipe, for sure. Yeah, they are. I found carousels are. are really like coming back on the scene in the last even like six months or so. Yes. And I love that yeah. because it's nice to be able to just pop in a different type of, mm-hmm. of media there. So that's mm-hmm. great. And just in general, something I always preach, but I think is really big for 2023 with new trends is having flexible social media strategies. You have mm-hmm. to be willing to change your content if you need to mm-hmm. from month to month or week mm-hmm. to week, whether that looks like changing your content through content planning, maybe moving posts around here and there, but also to stay on top of trends. If there's a new trend that happens in a week, it might be gone next week. You need to make sure that you're staying on it, which can be tricky, but it it is definitely encouraged to make sure that you are staying on top of those trends and willing to make the change. There are some brands that are not willing to change the way that they want to present themselves on social media, which you'll see some accounts that won't grow versus the ones that do grow. The ones that grow the most will have the most opportunities for changing their content and being able to really optimize what their audience wants to see and just giving them more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. Okay. Amazing. To kind of bring us full circle, or I guess to give us a really good ending point, I would love for you to give some advice on how we can be more efficient with our content. Because like you said, things move quickly. You need to take advantage of trends. You need to be flexible. And there's also so much power in being omnipresent. Everyone loves that word. Like you want people to feel like you're everywhere and you want them to see you in multiple different places with different types of media on different platforms. Like ideally you're everywhere, (laughs) but most people can't yet at least hire like a full social media management team to execute it for them. So what's your advice on how we can be as visible and as effective as possible in like an efficient way? So something that I preach to all my clients is to get good on one to two platforms. And when you're first starting out, it can be daunting. You might think you may think you need to be on everything, right? And there's so many platforms out there, but I tell them to get good on one to two and then expand because Mm -hmm. you don't want to have sloppy and blah content everywhere. It's better to have really good, high quality content on one to two platforms Understand the strat- strategies, the algorithm, you know, what's working for your audience on one mm-hmm. to two and then branch out and be able to grow because it's really not sustainable to go out and be on every platform. I can say that for myself even, you know, I, I have priorities on what types of content I really want to put out. And so I don't want you to feel when you're first starting scared that you need to mm-hmm. be everywhere because mm-hmm. you don't as long as you are hitting, you know, your right audience at the right moments. That's mm-hmm. what's most important. And for those that are struggling with content planning in general, 
and having ideas, I'd recommend thinking about evergreen topics. So Mm -hmm. aside from just trending content, think about things you can post any time of the year. It doesn't matter if it's around a holiday or, you know, just in general, think about content that people would want to see like educational tips, you know, benefits of your services, things like that. It's always easy to pop into your content planning calendar so that you have that on the back burner if you ever, but of course you want to make sure that you're staying on top of trends when possible. And for those that have a lot of content going out on multiple platforms, I also would encourage you to get a scheduler to use something like Planoly, Preview Later, etc. because those platforms do allow you to more easily pop in content, have it scheduled out for you. So you don't have to worry about it going out and, and manage it that way internally. And once you get to a larger state, then you can really tack on a social media manager to help you optimize your strategies even more than what you're already doing. Yeah, honestly, such wise advice of going deep and like really mastering or at least getting kind of that core competency on one or two platforms first, because I do see a lot of people spread themselves too thin and like they're trying to keep all these balls in the air and they end up dropping all of them. Either they get like really burnt out because they're not gaining traction anywhere or they Mm -hmm. just end up feeling like they're spending so much time on social media and it's like not paying off. Like it's so much better to actually get traction in one place and then like cross pollinate and kind of use the different platforms to complement each other and adding one at a time. Cause even like I hear people so casually say like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast and like, that's going to be great for whatever. And they don't realize that starting a podcast is almost like starting another business. <laughs> like, like yes, expanding exactly. to a new platform is not a small commitment. Like that, requ- that's a commitment. And I'm making like a TikTok commitment this year because I see the value in the visibility and the growth potential there. But that has required like, in-depth conversations with my team of like how are we creating the white space to create what processes are we using how are we repurposing things elsewhere like it is not a decision to be taking taken lightly to like expand to another platform if you care about doing Mm -hmm. it well so I'm I'm so glad that you said that yeah amazing I, I appreciate your point on that yeah amazing so I'm sure people after I like hyped up your content and then now that you have given us so many light bulb moments and so many takeaways I'm sure people are really excited to creep you on Instagram get more of your content elsewhere maybe apply or sign up for your academy so give us all the details where can they find you where can they send you a thank you where can they work with you tell us all the things yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at JYMedia, and our website is www.jymedia.com. And then for the Social Media Manager Academy account, it's just at Social Media Manager Academy. So I'd love to, you know, connect with anyone that wants to learn more about social media or just, you know, chat with me as an entrepreneur in the future. But I really, really appreciate you having me on the podcast, Marie. Yeah, this is such an amazing conversation. I'm excited to stay in touch and keep exchanging ideas and stuff. And thank you so much for your time and adding all of your expertise to the show.